0: Guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Paul's imprisonment and his letter to the man who once was considered the owner of his friend Onesimus in prison, Philemon, put me in mind of another captive 20 centuries later who provides for us a beautiful meditation on the power of the cross for the disciple to lead his life aright and to make his paths straight, as the first reading proclaimed. The name of this prisoner was Cardinal Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Tuan. He was a bishop in Vietnam in the 1960s and 70s and was imprisoned by the communists during their occupation of the city of Saigon. In fact, on August 15th, the Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady, he writes, I was invited to the Palace of Independence, only to be arrested. The motive was that Pope Paul VI had transferred me from my home diocese, where I had been bishop for eight years, to Saigon to become the coadjutor archbishop. For the communist government, this transfer, which was made one week before their arrival in Saigon, was a proof of a conspiracy between the Vatican and the imperialists. I'd like to read to you from some of his meditations during that time, 13 years in prison, nine of which were in solitary confinement, about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. From the very first moment of my arrest, the words of Bishop John Walsh, who had been imprisoned for 12 years in Communist China, came to my mind, writes the Cardinal. On the day of his liberation, Bishop Walsh said, I have spent half my life waiting. It is true, all prisoners, myself included, constantly wait to be let go. I decided then and there that my captivity would not be merely a time of resignation, but a turning point in my life. I decided I would not wait. I would, fi- I would live the present moment and fill it with love. For if I wait, the things I wait for will never happen. The only thing that I can be sure of is that I'm going to die. So I was removed far from my diocese, and I was taken to the village uh, where I was imprisoned 400 kilometers from Saigon. Day and night, I was obsessed with the thought of my people. How was I going to stay in touch with my people just at the time when they needed their pastor most? This separation was heartbreaking. One night, the light came. Simple. Imitate the example of St. Paul when he was in prison. He wrote letters to the various communities. The very next morning, I called a little boy who was coming home from Mass. Go and tell your mother to buy some old calendars. And when evening came, he brought me the calendars. And every night during the months of October and November 1975, I wrote down my message from captivity for my people. Every morning, the boy took the torn-off pages home, and his brothers and sisters recopied the message. That is how the book The Road of Hope came to be written, and it has been published into six languages. God's liberating power gives energy to work, to accomplish even in the most desperate moments. No, I will not spend time waiting. I will live the present moment and fill it with love. A straight line consists of millions of little points Likewise, a lifetime consists of millions of seconds and minutes joined together. If every single point along the line is rightly set, the line will be straight. If every minute of a life is good, that life will be holy. The road of hope is paved with small acts of hope along life's way. And a life of hope is born of every minute of hope in that lifetime. So the Cardinal published a great deal about his experience, his reflections, his spiritual conversion that took place while an archbishop imprisoned by uh, communist occupiers. His writings are widely available, but how I came across them recently was a list of 10 rules that he had compiled, that he had lived by while in captivity. What I just read to you was from the first rule. I will live the present moment to the fullest. All these rules are worth spending time with, pondering, meditating upon. I'll post them or send them to you if you'd like to read them. They're they're worth your time. But maybe before I share another one of those rules and his meditation on it, I just want to And an aside, explain why I spend a lot of time in my homilies on these kind of extreme and depressing stories, (laughs) right? Bad news, bad things happening to good people, often gruesome, frequently not fun to think about, and I, I do so not just because I'm a melancholic and I revel in hard things or dark things. I do, but that's not the reason. The reason is because these are limit cases, stress tests of the way of discipleship, the way of Jesus. If these ways of life that we are called to live out in ordinary circumstances, if they still work and they sustain joy, if they sustain a person in the most extreme forms of suffering, That tells us that they they will serve us well and they can be trusted in every circumstance. And there's a second reason. They also serve us as a kind of spur that we are to put out into the deep to live and follow Jesus boldly, to leave behind the comforts and the pleasures of life, to leave behind the fear of Losing what we cannot keep in order to gain what we can never lose. So, I want to share with you the fifth rule of uh, Francis' life in prison. I will have only one wisdom the science of the cross. He writes, when I look back on my past, it's hard to understand the meandering of the path that I traveled. I walked on nettles and rocks. I sang with joy as I moved ahead, groping my way in the darkness. Yet Jesus was there, walking with me, guiding me, carrying me when I could no longer move, when I was inches from death. It was at those moments that I would turn my thoughts to Jesus crucified and abandoned. He could no longer teach or cure the sick or raise his friend from the dead. He was in absolute immobility. In the eyes of the world, he had lost. He was useless and frustrated. But in God's eyes, Jesus on the cross had accomplished the greatest act of all shedding his blood to save all humanity. I was liberated by the thought of Jesus crucified. When I was crushed by pain, unjust accusations, ingratitude, or incomprehension, I prayed to unite myself to Jesus on the cross, and I knew that this was the most important act of my life, I often sang, O crux ave, spes unica mundi salus et gloria. Hail, O cross, the one hope of the world, salvation and glory. And just to paint the picture a little more, I want you to, want you to imagine in your mind this man, solitary confinement, bare concrete walls, water dripping down the sides, the sounds of Rats and roaches scurrying about, terrible smells, and I'm going to play for you the the melody of what he was singing, so you can hear and have in your mind what it was, what it took, and, and how deeply this love for Jesus sustained him. crooks It's the sound of a soul, a free and loving and joyful soul in the midst of terrible suffering. I was liberated by the thought of Jesus crucified. You have one wisdom, the science of the cross. Look to the cross, and there you will find the solution to all the problems which are worrying you. If the cross is the standard by which you make all your choices and decisions, your soul will be at peace. And thus were the paths of those on earth made straight. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.